0: i'm not doing a promo because I, I wouldn't waste my energy uh doing a promo on a
1: seattle podcast you know? <laughs> and now from the emerald city of seattle it's the mike Cyber radio podcast Your home for pop culture, Transformers, independent artists, interviews, Transformers, and stuff and things. Also sometimes Transformers. And now, here he is, the man who has a master's in advanced burrito, Mike Seibert.
2: Thank you, and welcome back to Mike Seibert Radio. I am your host. If you'd like to get a hold of me, I am at Mike Seibert Radio. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, call the Mike Seibert Radio voicemail hotline, 231-224-MIKE. Again, that's 231 224 6453. And right into the mailbag, Mike Seibert Radio at gmail.com. And the spelling on that is S E I B E R T, as always. And this week's show is jam packed, man. Chris Hadami from SpecScript will join me very shortly because this weekend, Sunday, June 30th, Specscript Seattle presents Transparent at the Blue Moon Tavern. We'll talk about the premiere of their first ever franchise show, and Chris has some scalding hot takes about Transformers and a particular comic book movie that will blow your hair back. Plus, I've got two different jams I'm going to play for you just in time for the summer, and I'll round it all out by letting you know about the next several shows, because for once I've actually got some stuff planned out. All of that and more on this all new episode of Mike Cyber Radio. But first, let's kick things off with some shout outs. Shout it, shout it, shout it out. All right, well, maybe I'm mixing up my shout-outs with my coming attractions, but I wanted to give a huge shout-out to my good friend, Mickey, longtime KGRG co-host. In fact, she was my first co-host, actually, uh, back in the day at uh, the college radio station. Uh, We got together last weekend at Green River College, breaking into the radio station and taking over, uh, like we do, recording one last show before she makes the big move and uh, moves up to Canada, uh, that was a whole lot of fun, and I can't wait for you to hear that podcast. Uh, it's the first show we had done together um, after almost two years. Um, so uh, again, it was uh, it was really great energy. It was really fun uh, reconnecting, and uh, you know, for uh, those of you that have been fans uh, from the beginning, uh, there there's going to be a lot for you to like there. Uh, I'll just uh, I'll just leave it there uh, for now, but I. I'm going to post that episode the week that uh, my wife and I will be in Toronto uh, for TFCon, and I think that episode will drop um, right around July 10th. Um, I also want to give a shout-out to Katie Rainey and the other great folks over at Dead Rabbits Books. I just received my advanced reader copy of their debut novel, Emerald City. Um, I just started it, and I'm digging it so far. Uh, This is in advance, of course, of my upcoming. Coming interview with author Brian Birnbaum at the end of July. He hosts the Dead Rabbits podcast, uh, which is a really great literary podcast for authors and readers. I've I've been getting into that also. Uh, I'm a few episodes in. It's a uh, it, it's really good. If uh, if you are a literary minded person or uh, you know interested in the craft of writing and hear about authors talk about uh, what they do, kind of very very similar energy to what we do here. You know just having uh, different creatives on, talking about their stuff. Uh, really uh, really great, fun conversations. Um, uh, that book, Emerald City, by the way, will be available on September 15th, my birthday. Uh, for uh, for more information, including where to listen to the podcast, uh, news, events, merch, and more, head over to deadrabbitsbooks.com. I'll have a link in the show notes. And stay tuned for more information about when that awesome interview is going to air. I'm really excited excited and really looking forward to it Um, so coming up next it's my interview with Chris Hadami, and we're talking spec script Seattle transparent but first the 2019 summer single from Kirby Crackle is out now uh, complimentary uh, for download and streaming you can find it on YouTube Bandcamp and Spotify Um, as we know uh, Kirby Crackle is the pioneer of nerd rock uh, celebrating songs about the best in comic books video games geek culture and discovering your superpowers. and um, I just wanted to let you know because I'm, I'm trying to get this episode out uh, as early in the week as possible. You'll notice it's hit your feeds a little early, and that's because uh, I wanted to uh, let everybody know, uh, don't forget you can catch Kyle Stevens and Kirby Crackle on the 10 Years of Nerd Rock West Coast Tour, kicking off this Wednesday, June 26th, with a 21 and over Show at the High Dive in Seattle. That is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, but then the tour goes into full swing with all ages dates in Oregon and California, uh, wrapping up in Las Vegas on July sixth. So uh, celebrating ten years of Nerd Rock. That's uh, um, I, I've already seen a post from a couple folks that uh, that are going to kind of caravan it and try to you know uh, crackleheads be out there like the dead, and it's it's going to be awesome. Uh, head over to KirbyCrackleMusic.com. That's spelled, again, with two Ks, uh, one for each Kirby and Crackle, respectively. Uh, For all the music and videos and show dates and more, kirbycracklemusic.com. So this is for all you Avengers Endgame nerds out there. Uh, Kyle wrote this song just for you, I Love You 3000.
3: Looking up and looking down, finding heroes all around, even though now some of us are gone. Just now to realize all the answers to the why's and what I thought I wanted all along. When they are left and you appear an unexpected souvenir, the very best that I could hope to have. I love you three thousand. I love you the most. I'll always be with you. Wherever you go And if you should stumble I want you to know That this heart of iron Will always hold you close Oh, I love you thousand. never thought when this began Part of the journey is the end But here we are, whatever it takes Oh, if I could do it all again It's you I would keep the rest It would bend of everything I made The most wonderful is you Oh, I love you two thousand. I love you the most I'll always be with you Wherever you go and if you should stumble, I want you to know, at this heart of mine will always hold you close. Oh, I love you a thousand. And if I should, I should go away you know, my favorite part was you Mm, There's nothing left, nothing left I could say to let you know how much I love you
1: likes you let's show Mike some love right into the mailbag at mike radio at gmail.com and of course the spelling on that is s-e-i-b-e-r-t you got mail everybody loves you
2: welcome back to mike cyber radio i am your host chris hodemy is the co-host of spec script and after 2 years of kicking it Portland style and a bunch of other shows uh, in other cities along the way, the podcast is branching out with the debut of Spec Script Seattle. Coming up this weekend, June 30th at the Blue Moon Tavern and with what's to be sure to be a classic episode, Transparent. And Chris joins us now on the Mike Seibert Radio studio line to tell us all about that and more. Chris, thank you for taking the time to join me today.
0: Oh, hi. Well, thank you for having me. This is exciting. I really appreciate being brought on and I really appreciate you boosting the show. So thank you so much. I'm excited.
2: Absolutely. Well, I you know my my first exposure to Spec Script was, well, shoot, it was well over a year ago now when I talked to uh, Lucia Fasano. She was on my show to talk about some of her um, upcoming uh comics and uh graphic novel work and uh, and I remember this very vividly because like she just just kind of mentioned it as kind of like a over the shoulder mention thing. She's like, "Oh yeah, and I'm involved with this podcast uh, Spec Script." It's like, you know, uh, comedians get together and somebody writes an episode of a show that they've never seen and we perform it. Oh, and by the way, there's wrestling and I'm witch lady and I'm, and I'm just like, Whoa, wait a sec, full stop. Tell me more. So, yeah. so, and, and I hadn't heard of the show before. And since then, you know, I've uh, um, caught a handful of episodes and it's a lot of fun. So when I saw that the show is expanding out into Seattle is kind of like, like a franchise type deal, um, I, I I thought this was really my opportunity to kind of get behind it in a big bad way, and and I figured uh, there there would be no other person better to have uh, represent that than uh than uh than the Chris Hodemis. So uh, so again, this is uh this is rad. Um, yeah. I, I I guess so. I guess let's start there because I I kind of got ahead of myself a little bit in my in my enthusiasm. I guess. Uh, let's break it down and explain to folks that have no idea what we're talking about what uh, SpecScript Seattle is, and specifically with uh, regards to uh, Transparent. And then maybe we'll kind of work backwards from there and kind of do some like origin story of SpecScript in general, and just kind of go from there.
0: Okay, yeah. So uh, you you did a good job explaining what SpecScript is. It's a a live podcast where somebody writes an episode of a TV show they've never seen. And then we bring it to life on stage via a cool table read. That's the the elevator pitch. Uh, so, Specter Seattle, it's going to be at the Blue Moon Tavern, which is in the University District. I'm still getting the names of the neighborhoods right up there, but uh, it's going to be uh, the Blue Moon Tavern is this really cool kind of like punk rocky old like not dive bar, but it just has a like a, a rough edge, cool place that has like a lot of historic uh, significance in the uh, Seattle. Uh, Music, comedy, and queer community. So yep. it's like, of course, we want to work with a cool venue like that. On uh, my co-producer for it is a Seattle comic, Andy Iwancio. I don't know if you know her, uh, but you should. She's great. She's also an awesome DJ. So that's cool. um A good DJ, not just a DJ, but right. a good one.
2: Right. So, so, so uh, but like the the Ricky Ricky kind. That that, yeah. that kind of DJ.
0: <laughs> yeah. So uh, she's awesome. Uh, she's. <laughs> Because we're, we wouldn't be franchising into a, another city if we weren't working with somebody in that city. I don't like it when... It's not its not good, I don't think, for a community to just bring in a show from another town and dilute the audiences mm-hmm. of other shows that are there. I think it's destructive for the scene, but if you're working with somebody in the scene and you have a nice relationship with that community, then it's only going to make things better. Mm-hmm. So... Andy's my co-producer. She's amazing, wonderful. Uh, does a lot of great comedy, and we've always had like a really dope relationship with Seattle. Our first t- we, uh, tour show, if you will, our first away from home show, mm-hmm. was at the uh, Scratch Deli, which is a venue that no longer exists, uh, sadly. But it was a really cool venue. Uh, Andy Iwansio actually wrote. Gotham for that uh, for that episode oh yeah okay yeah no no disrespect to Gotham a very wild show but we picked kind of a smaller show with a not that big of a fan base because we were wondering like okay if we go to another city uh, will this be a total disaster or Mm -hmm. not and it wasn't Scratch was awesome right the next one we did there was uh, Douglas Gale and Ryan Patrick Casey writing Grey's Anatomy, which is much more of a Seattle show, uh, obviously. Yeah,
2: absolutely.
0: Um, but yeah, but that was like, it was just like special one-off things. And I've always wanted uh, to do one that's just officially in Seattle. We work with Seattle writers all the time. A bunch of my friends are Seattle Comics. There are a lot of great Seattle musicians I want to work with. Seattle has an amazing wrestling community, which we'll get into, that I want to like uh, have have there. Basically, mm-hmm. You know, every time I'm, every episode we do a spec script, we get to work with new people, but it terribly increases the amount of people that want to work with us. So I have this long list of people that I'm like, I need to get on the show. Yeah. uh, And I need to read for it. And it gets longer and longer. And no matter how many places we go, we can't like hack away at that list fully. So having another show where I can be like, oh, cool, there are all these Seattle and Washington comics that I've needed to get on forever, uh, so yeah, and, you know, et cetera. Now I get to finally do that and really represent people and give you know a lot of people a cool platform because we're not the biggest podcast in the world, but we do get a, a decent chunk of listeners from around places. And yeah. if, I can, if I can do my part to showcase my friends, that's that's the dream.
2: I, absolutely and I I totally get down on that because that's what you know you know it's, it's funny I saw a quote somewhere recently from somebody oh it was a uh, uh Mike Gillis from a, a podcast called radio versus the Martians um it's a it's a, he he does a show out of uh, Tacoma he and his uh co-host Casey Doran and it's it's probably one of the most interesting. Insightful and intelligent pop culture podcasts you can get. Um, I I love it because like it's it's not just white dudes laughing into a microphone, which yeah. is the space where where I live. You know I I'm not I'm not nearly as smart as those guys, but he uh, he put out a post recently where he said I I wonder sometimes if the largest audience for podcasts is other podcasters and yeah. and and there is there is something to kind of that existential dread that we as podcasters all suffer from but where where I'm going with that is that's actually my favorite thing about podcasting and doing the show that I do and and the shows that you know I participate with is it's all about community and building up and promoting our friends. So it's like what can I do to craft an episode to give my friend a platform to talk about their thing. Um and quite frankly Chris that's 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 what we're doing here. It's like you know I'm I'm a friend of a friend of the show so it's like yeah if I if I could do something to make more friends and to kind of get the word out and you know hopefully you know put another butt or two in seats then 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 I feel like i have I've done what I set out to do
0: well yeah that, that's 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 awesome first of all and much appreciated mm-hmm. uh, hopefully uh yeah we get a lot of good butts uh <laughs> but uh, yeah no I feel the same about uh, about about promoting friends and about that mm-hmm. boosting people because kind of at the stage right now. The, you know, the late stage capitalism we're in, it's, it's really hard uh, to promote stuff and it's really hard to get stuff out there into the world because there's just this, everyone's trying to make content and everyone's trying to to, to boost stuff. Yeah. And everyone, I mean, everyone has to. Everyone has to to, to kind of survive and to, to, to eat joy out of life. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you're not taking the opportunity to support your buddies, and your peers and your colleagues that you really care for you know it's just kind of why well, you do it so uh, yeah. yeah that's yeah my favorite thing about uh, I used to have more podcasts and my favorite thing was like ooh cool I finally get to have this person on so that more people can like hear them be funny and they can meet more people and et cetera and et cetera and by more people, I think mean like you know thirty people or whatever.
2: <laughs> we have tens of listeners. Yes.
0: Yes, exactly. My favorite joke is just to say like, "Oh yeah, no, we have a dozen of listeners." Um, mm-hmm. And it's it's been, yeah. I mean, everyone's you know, everyone everyone's struggling. And then every now and again, you can you know maybe hit on something big. You can you can you can hit a nice you know like strain of gold, and then yeah. the rising tide lifts all ships. Yeah, like look at look at all the critical role people you know they're that's uh that's
2: like a huge fan base yeah and and that that just blew up on the quick too it's like um it's one of those things where it wasn't really anything and then suddenly uh critical role is like always trending on twitter you know it's like it just it was just like like a switch flipping it was it was really odd
0: yeah, yeah, and now it's, it, it dominates Tumblr and everything, and all yep. the people involved in it are now, like, you know, big stars in their own world, and they can, they can now live and do what they love and bring joy to people's lives, and, I mean, that's kind of why we do any kind of art and nerdy fun stuff is to, you know, bring joy, bring, bring joy and bring fun to, like, you know, people that, uh you know, that might not be served by just the standard stuff out there, you know?
2: Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um so before I ask you kind of like the the origin story of, you know, spec script mm-hmm. in general, um let's uh let's uh keep it local with uh yeah. spec script Seattle transparent. Again, that is uh coming up uh this uh Saturday, June 30th, uh that, Sunday. Uh, that is Sunday. That's Sunday right? Yeah, that's a Sunday. <laughs> You know that—that's what I get for turning away from my calendar for just a quick second, too. But yeah, no, it's going to be next Sunday, June thirtieth, at the Blue Moon Tavern. Uh, looks like a show starts at nine. Yep. And um, so yeah, so let's let's unpack that because there's there's a lot going on with uh, this particular show and this uh, particular performance that I think is going to be a uh, really special. So, uh, um, Chris, why don't you go ahead and take us there?
0: Uh, yeah, so let's talk about Spectra uh, transparent. So part of part of the, the, the goal of the localization or the franchising or whatever is that I really want to have my my local producers spearhead the uh, the shows and Andy from the beginning was like she wanted to do an all trans uh, cast for transparent because uh, Andy Andy is a prominent trans lady comic and she is really irritated as a lot of trans, oh, pretty much every trans person I know is always irritated that Jeffrey Tambor, before before any you know conduct controversy, was just playing this really famous trans character, and he's not a trans woman mm-hmm. at all. Like he's just a cis dude, like me. And uh, <laughs> it's it, it it's like he, Jeffrey Tambor is out there making like I hope I'm the last cis man to play a trans woman. And it's like well. How about we? Uh, how about you not take that role? It's not like you don't you don't have to do it. Um, it's, and that's so much. And I mean, like whenever you have a a, a trans man play a uh, sorry to say cis man play a trans woman, it's, mm-hmm. it's 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 perpetuating a lot of toxic ideas yeah. about the trans community uh, and misinformation that has to be oh, yeah, like that has to be counteracted. So, and it was like, hey, it'd be really fun. And powerful to take this show that is important for trans representation, but also very problematic mm-hmm. and and do what the show should have done from the beginning, which is not marginalize trans people, like have a trans woman write it, have all trans people in the cast. It, there's an asterisk there. I'm not a trans person, so I, sure. but, uh, everyone else is a trans person in the mm-hmm. cast. and yeah, so do that. So like so you give the trans community kind of a, a sense of reclaiming this show that a lot of, I assume, as a non-trans person, I assume a lot of trans people had to deal with their families being like, oh, like, I get you now because I saw Transparent, and that's kind of irritating. Oh, uh, yeah,
2: that's got to be the worst.
0: Yeah, it probably happens, yeah, like, all the time, and, like, you know, their parents mean well, but it's, uh, it's, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's it's, it's hard to, it's hard to explain. There's a lot of, uh, the discourse is changing in a lot of ways. So, yeah, so we wanted, like, we wanted to not just have it be just a standard show that we were doing for the first one. We really wanted it to be something that made a mark, something that did something important. And it's the end of June, it's Pride Month. Mm -hmm. So, you know, let's go with something that focuses on the LGBTQA community. And, yeah so Andy had always wanted to do that, and for, unfortunately, Andy had seen it, and that was kind of oh. the struggle for a bit. Is that, like, even though a lot of transphobic hate, uh, transparent, it, is one of the, it was kind of cultural homework when it first came out. Uh, yeah, yeah. Which is, that's just a struggle, in specials in general. If you ever want to do a certain show, it's hard to find someone who hasn't seen that particular show. Uh, it's easier to find someone who hasn't seen a show, but when it's a Z show, it's a... Uh, It's difficult. Um, But uh, we found Lexi Hack, who is uh, a really, really, really cool comic out of Seattle. I uh, got to work with her on a future release, an episode that will be released soon, which was Family Guy, which we did down in Olympia. Oh, cool. Uh, And, uh, yeah, so she's great. She's awesome. really excited for the script. Got some real good jokes in it. And we got Mm -hmm. a nice blend of Seattle and Portland comics. We do want to keep the Portland flavor alive. Yeah. So we got... Uh, Karina Karina Lucas, who you may you may know, but uh, she's a nice big comic out of the uh, out of Portland. Does a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. She's going to be recording her special skin suit at uh, the Portland Queer Comedy Festival in July, so that's exciting. Oh, cool! So we got D. Martin Austin, who's really cool, really awesome. We have uh, Juliet Milan, who just wrote our Riverdale episode, which just got released, and she's she's just a great pal and just. Great comics so I, I, I just listened yeah. to
2: that uh, This morning And a great <laughs> episode That was a lot of fun
0: <laughs> Yeah a lot of A lot of good A lot of good meaner uh, jokes In that one Absolutely
2: uh-huh. Well and
1: Yeah
2: I appreciate The uh, the foley <laughs> In, a, in that particular yeah. episode that was that was a lot of fun and uh get dealing very heavily with the biggest problem with Archie is that yeah they he 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 suffers no consequences ever but yeah. I, I
0: exactly I, huh? yeah
2: so I don't want to spoil the episode for for folks that may not have listened to it but yeah it's it's really good and it's really fun so
0: yeah uh and, and the folks at home who might you might still not fully grasp the the kind of weird pitch of the show um we we don't we don't we pick our writers and our shows with uh, with uh, care to make sure that they know a little bit about the show. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's always something that they get wrong in 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 the show. Like a spoiler is, I I recently wrote an episode uh, of Billions. I don't know if it's ever going to come out, um, but I wrote it just in case we needed an emergency script. Oh okay. And in billions I, I knew that Billions had uh Damian, uh Damian Lewis and Paul Giamatti and I knew one of them was Fed and one of them was a billionaire but uh I got the the roles wrong. So oh, I showed it okay. to a friend of mine who likes billions and he just got a funny like he just laughed immediately because you got the characters wrong, but you were close and that's that's kinda of fun. So there's like there's stuff in Archie that Juliet gets really right and stuff that she comes close to getting about Riverdale that's very wrong. Um, yeah,
2: well, and, and I would say, th- the- I'm sorry, go
0: ahead. Oh, no, no, honestly, that's the fun
2: yeah it, it, I, I was echoing the same thing yeah it's it's uh, that's the fun of it is that where they get those wrong things or like when I was uh, when I was talking to Lucia last um, you know like there, there's a lot of like you know cultural osmosis that you can't necessarily divorce yourself from so like when she was talking about her uh, Star Trek The Next Generation script which incidentally side tangent I didn't realize mm-hmm. this at the time but when um, when when she interviewed with me when she called in, it was the same night that you guys were going to perform her script. And I had no idea. It was just it was just what we had set up on the schedule and she's like, Okay, well I'm I'm gonna go off and, you know, do my do my Star Trek script now and and um and and again another wonderful episode of uh of Spec Script. But um where, Yeah, definitely. Where I was going with that is that like, you know, that uh there was so much of like her general knowledge of Star Trek and you know, just like tangential understanding of these characters, regardless of seeing an episode, that kind of permeated in in like weird, bizarre ways that sometimes work, other times don't work, and when it doesn't fit, that it, it's so much the better. So, um, yeah, that's and that's kind of the reason why your uh, uh script writers are for folks that have not seen the episode so that they can kind of get that, that blank, uh, blank take, uh, as it were.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and, that, and that makes it work for both the, for the audience, for both people who are big fans of the show. Yeah. And people who have no idea what it is. Sometimes I have friends of mine who are like, oh, well, I've never seen Westworld.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, how will I enjoy it? It's like, well, it's still going to be a funny script and the writer didn't enjoy it, and they still want to make it good. So you can enjoy it there, and then if you're a fan of Westworld, you'll laugh at, like, the occasional things they get right. And you're like, that is classic Westworld, good job. And then you'll be like, yeah, that's not how it is. I know better. Um, Yeah. And it kind of gives you as an audience member, or just me, as a person involved, it gives you a fun (laughs) experience where you're like, oh, I never realized this thing about the show until somebody who only kind of knew it a little like focused on it. Yeah. Like for the Archie thing where I was like, oh, I, you know, he, does, he doesn't he does suffer consequences. Even when he does suffer consequences, they resolve pretty quickly and things work out better for him.
1: Mm-hmm. Like
0: it's, it, yeah. When, when somebody comes at something from a, a different angle, they see stuff that you can't see because you've been stuck in a certain context. Exactly. So that, that, yeah.
2: And, and it kind of reminds me of the uh, uh, the Frasier episode, you know, where it's like, I'm I'm here for all the Seattle jokes. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. I just I just <laughs> had a lot of fun with that.
0: That's one of that. That that episode is one of our. Yeah, I mean, one of our best episodes. Mm-hmm. They're all good. That's the thing I like to say, which has been a relief. at that. We've not had a bad episode. We've had episodes that some people might, you know, not like as much as other, other people, uh, or et cetera, but we've, we've never had, uh, we've never had an episode that was out and out bad. Sure. And like, I, which is a relief and I've had some podcasts and my other podcasts that have been, oof, uh, you know, not a, not the best where just chemistry didn't work. Yeah. But, uh, we cast in a way that is just Really, that's the thing. That's the secret weapon of the show. Isn't even the writers. I mean, the writers are all amazing, talented people. Mm-hmm. But we tend to we. I mean, we cast in a way that really, really works. Like we always like to get new voices. We have a few of our like go to like golden chi- golden childs. You know, our Carolyn Mains, our Jaren Georges, our Lydia Mannings, yeah, Lydia yeah. Mons, you know people who always are gonna like hit it out of the park and just be perfect on the show. And so them and they all always want to make it funny. And then you get new people and they want to, they rise to the occasion. And if, you know, I always find it fun to have someone who's just only been on it one other time before. Yeah. Cause on people's second time, that's when they really get like, they really go for it. You know, mm-hmm. they, really, uh, they really, they really, they really, they let loose. And yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited. We, uh, mm.
2: Very cool. So uh so we are talking to Chris Hottamy. He's the uh, co-host of Spec Script. We're talking about Spec Script Seattle Transparent that's going to be coming up on uh Sunday, June 30th. Uh, that's going to be at the Blue Moon Tavern at 9 o'clock and um that's that that'd be an awesome uh evening activity after yeah. you've attended the big Pride parade because uh the the 30th that's uh that's Seattle Pride. So that's uh, that'd yeah. be a great great way to uh cap off uh uh, your pride weekend um Mm -hmm. so so chris we talked a lot about you know kind of like the the podcast uh, content of what spec script is you know in terms of like the the live table reads and where where all the fun comes in that but that's not all that goes (laughs) into a spec script show so I all. so I think now might be a good time to kind of uh uh take a look under the hood there and uh maybe talk about what else folks can expect uh when they go to a spec script show and uh uh even more specifically uh what's coming up on the 30th.
0: All right. Well, uh yes, yeah, so uh on on a, a standard spec script show is the is the table read that we do uh of the script. But we, we, since that table read is recorded, it's in our best interest to pump up the crowd and get them nice and excited. And uh, we do that with a thing called the Primo Pre Show, which is a mix of stand up comedy, music, video sketches, and amateur comedy professional wrestling, <laughs> which, is, uh, which, is, which is the dream, which is the best. <laughs> we have a wrestling league called Triple PW. Primo pre-show professional wrestling uh 3xpw and uh, i love it's, it <laughs> it's, it's so fun it's so cool um and the, the, and the story of it we don't do it on our tour shows because it it, it it's a lot to explain we might do something we, i can't tell you but we might do something at the first Seattle show cuz that's an official one but there's a lot to explain to the audience Sure. Uh, in terms of long narrative, and why are we doing this? Because it doesn't seem like it makes sense. Because you don't really throw those things together. But everyone involved loves wrestling. Shane Hosie, my co-host, who I've yet to mention, and I should have, my co-host and co-producer of the Portland show, ha- is the reason I love wrestling right now. He he gave me the brainworms of a wrestling fan, and I host now. I host wrestling parties for almost every. WWE pay-per-view. I'm kind of stopping that now because the product has gotten pretty rough. Like, today is stomping ground, which oh, is yeah. happening in Tacoma. Yes. Uh, and no, I don't know a single, per, well, I know, like, one person who's going to it. I know Seattle comic Josh Chambers is going to it. But, uh, there's, or Olympia comic.
2: There's yeah. a there's a lot of lifers that are kind of barely hanging on to the universe. Like, a lot of them, I think, and, and a lot of my friends have just kind of started hate-watching you know and yeah. and it, it's really a shame where the product for uh WWE has has gone over the last gosh i mean even just 6 months it just yeah, it just feels like it's taken a rough. sharp turn it's gotten really rough um i've got um, i've got a buddy of mine that's like super into AEW and he keeps trying to get me to watch more of it and what little i've seen looks really really cool but
0: that's mm-hmm. the hope. That's the future. Yeah. Uh I think it's gonna go I think AEW is gonna be really good given that everything they've done has been really good mm-hmm. and that they have and and I kinda judge I always judge a wrestling promotion by its women's division, uh, because when I when I started rest- watching wrestling it was women's wrestling that got me really like I got those are the characters that worked for me. Okay. And glow right now is a the big there's like there's a um I mean, the people that got me into wrestling, besides Shane, were mostly like queer women who love wrestling. And when I have my wrestling parties, the people that are most active in it are, are women. Okay, like, women make up a huge amount of the fan base and the culture of wrestling uh, for a lot of reasons that I you know that, that take a long time to talk about. Sure, but um, but you can look at a company and the way they 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 treat the women's division reflects on how they respect wrestling women are really good at wrestling, and, and, and I mean, there's no real, I mean, there, there's no, there's no. I mean, gender is, is an illusion and all that jazz, but uh, there's, like, some re- Some men, like, can, I mean, men can do some things better than, like, male, you know, yada, yada. But like, you can get a lot more, like, big, beefy boys to do big, beefy boy stuff. But yeah. the same way that, like, during the Olympics, women's gym- gymnastics is so much better than men's gymnastics, no offense, is just you can do a lot of cool flips and there. The J- Japan does good with it. Uh, Impact Wrestling does really great with women's wrestling. And AEW is doing some really cool stuff right now. They have Nyla Rose signed. She's the first trans woman signed. Speaking of uh, transparent uh, she's yeah. the first trans woman signed to a wrestle, uh, major wrestling company. Mm-hmm. She's awesome. And they just really, they're really doing good on there. And WWE, like NXT does good with women's wrestling, but like even when... The main roster had Ronda, and when Becky Lynch was the hottest thing on the card, they weren't giving the women's undercard a proper narrative, and that's where the weakness is. All right, so I've been going yeah. on a long rant about wrestling. Um, no, it, it's all but, good.
2: A few of my uh, listeners are very much into the wrestling world, so it's, everybody's eating that up. It's all good.
0: <laughs> cool, cool. Well, yeah, I just think that's so. To, to make it short, then Ronda Rousey was in the company. She was the biggest star they had in a long time, yeah. just by name recognition. So that should have been when WWE was like, okay, we're going to maybe maybe not make half the product women's wrestling because they do have more men signed. But they should have been like, they really should have been building the undercard and focusing, introducing the women's tag belt sooner and mm-hmm. focusing on other narratives in the women's division. And they didn't do that. They only were focusing on Ronda. And, it, and then when Becky Lynch broke out as a star, uh, after years they're kind of being buried in a really cool way uh, they that seemed like okay now they've naturally made someone who could be really big and you could put her on in movies and TV shows and get her on talk shows and like she's rocking it on Twitter but they still didn't give like they still didn't increase the time and now that rhonda has gone they've really seemed to have shrunken down the time for women on the roster and yeah. it's like what are you doing? It's so depressing. It's so that, I mean, like I'm a huge Oscar fan. I mean, he's Bailey fan. And even though Bailey has a belt, I don't feel like she has a belt, you know?
2: Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, it's, it's, it's the, it's the uh, also ran type, uh, type of thing. And it, and, and, and that everyone. sucks because it feels like it's a step backwards.
0: Yeah. Um, it's a bummer. So, AEW I'm excited about, and I, I think people uh, are sleeping. Even There's some bad stuff on Impact. Of course there is. It's wrestling. There's some bad stuff in everything. Sure. But uh, check it out. Speaking, though, of women in wrestling, uh, Triple VW, uh, uh-huh. currently both of our belts are held by uh, one woman, uh, which Wolf, formerly known as Witch Wife, now the hacker. And uh, she's really cool. She's dead now. She's murdered, uh, RIP, Whoa. but she still has the belts. Uh she has a main belt and our like gimmick belt. But she got murdered. I got framed for her murder. I'm innocent. Look, I hate her. She's scum. She's a like a Portland person. I'm a San Francisco person. Yeah. She's terrible. You know. Portland is a uh, is a is a garbage city compared to the the beautiful metropolis of San Francisco. Wow! But, uh,
2: I didn't realize I mean, we were doing promo here. <laughs> I, I feel like Mean well, Gene all doing, of a sudden.
0: I'm not doing a promo because I, I wouldn't waste my energy uh, doing a promo on a Seattle podcast. You know, I mean, speaking of thinking of a city that wants to be San Francisco. Uh, I mean. Look, look, Seattle's great. You had a, you know, you had a, you had Jimmy Andres and whatnot. Right. But we, we are the hippies. We are a hippie. <laughs> so uh, yeah. So screw, screw, screw your, 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 your mate. Your, your made-up cafe of a city. Right. I'm a real San Franciscan. Anyway, I didn't kill her. I promised I didn't kill her. We're gonna have a trial at our next Portland show, and I'm gonna prove my innocence. Um, but yeah, but yeah, we love doing that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's <laughs> fun. It really gets the crowd pumped up. Yeah. Because I like to make people chant. And when you make an audience chant, it, 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 it warps their brain a little where they get like just more pumped up for it. Yeah. An audience wants to be part of the stuff. Yep. Uh, they don't wanna they don't want this spotlight on them except if they're like a heckler and they're bad. But they do want the to go like rah they wanna really they want they wanna be they wanna contribute. And if you give them the ability to chant they're going to be more likely to laugh, boo, woo, et cetera. And it's, uh, it's, 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 it's so fun to do. And it's really fun to like, first it's fun to be, to, to break kayfabe. Well, I'm, it's fun to be somebody that Portlanders hate when you're on that stage. Yeah, like, look, of I, course they love me down in San Francisco, but they'll boo me. They booed me on my birthday. <laughs> um, and it's fun. It's fun to get booed. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a fun experience i recommend it to anybody to have a room full of people boo you it's uh, better than a room full of people cheering you um, and uh yeah we just have a lot of great people who do it and we have kind of we need to expand more on this but we do have some people in the portland wrestling community mm-hmm. who legitimately like what we're doing as a wrestling show okay but, yeah so it's uh it's, it's like they like it because it's goofy. We do. I mean, it's all comedy stuff. Um, that's why. That's why. you know, the current. You know, we're dealing with somebody who's been framed from a San Francisco tech billionaire who's been framed for murder, right. while a magical hacker is uh, dead, and yeah. our former champion is a woman whose gimmick is that she stabs people, <laughs> uh, which you know they shouldn't allow, but you know. Right. You know, <laughs> but uh yeah, so we got a lot of fun stuff coming up there okay. that I you know, obviously can't tell you. But uh to Lancio, you know, my uh co-producer of the Seattle show is the uh, is the yet to have wrestled Laura Bean. Okay. And uh yeah, LL L. Bean if you will. <laughs> she's uh I I think I think in uh, Seattle we might have words
2: Really, you heard it here, folks. Yeah. <laughs> heard it first here. That's uh wow. So, so is so that's that's kind of our our tease, our little bit of promo for kind of like the 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 pre-show uh, festivities for SpecScript Seattle Transparent.
0: Yeah, exact. Yeah, ah, that's exciting. Um, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be wild. It's gonna be wild. I didn't. I should also but, say that we have uh, Nancy Jean Nally, Max Delson, of course, Lexi Hacks, V So also a bunch of Seattle cool comics on the show. It's going to be, it's going to be so hype. It's going to be, it's going to be wild. I mean, a premiere of a show. Andy's having a DJ like seminar right before. Nice. It's going to be like everything's going to be exciting. Uh, It's going to be, it's going to be. There's going to be a lot of love there. Yeah. And I'm just really, I've been wanting to do it in Seattle forever. We announced that we were doing it a year ago, but then life got in the way.
2: Oh, I see. Okay. <laughs>
0: we announced that we were gonna. We didn't say the venue and all that, but basically, I, I made a mistake. of saying, "Hey, uh, I'm gonna announce it before we have the official thing planned, so that I can, uh, so that I force myself into a corner." Yeah. Uh, to actually, and then I just dropped the ball there because it's hard to, you know, organize a tour while you're organizing a, uh, a home show while yeah. you're organizing you know, living and surviving, but, uh, yeah, yeah, we finally are doing it and it's gonna, it's gonna recur. We don't know the next dates yet. We're going to, we're going to talk, we're going to see how the first one goes. Sure. Uh, and you know, we don't want to expand, you know, this year is all about kind of reckless expansion. i all the tours I've been doing in the festivals and conventions for the show are just getting people to really, uh, see, See, see what it is. Need to work with more people and really getting new fans. Yeah, and then uh, you know, year three is going to be an interesting year. Three is going to be you know, finalizing world podcast
2: domination. I love Um, it. I love it. I I'm all about aggressive expansion. (laughs) That's yeah. That that's great. Um,
0: Ruthless aggression. Um. Yep. (laughs) Oh yeah. I mean, and and yeah. The more the more we do in Seattle, the more the more the more cool. Seattle radio people and podcast people we can have on the show, you know, because, you know, we don't need just comics. In fact, if it's only comics, then they all expect to be doing time during the pre-show. I like working with podcasters, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. just just saying that out of the blue. If, you know, I don't know, if you know any any people with cool, positive podcasts uh, and have a, a good gift for gab, if you will. Right. Uh, you know, we <laughs> might there, there might be someone I have in mind.
2: Interesting. Yeah. Good to know. I might I might have to uh, keep the, the Rolodex handy and all of that. That's that's cool. Yeah. So um okay, so so at this point, let's let's wind the clocks even further back because this is actually right. a story I don't know. Um okay. could you talk about because I you know I'm a huge Marvel Comics geek and all that mm-hmm. stuff, so I'm all about like those secret origin stories. <laughs> um yeah. Yeah, so what is the origin of of SpecScript, how how does this this unwieldy thing uh, come to be?
0: Um. Okay. So yeah. So that. So uh, Spill Kyle the McCormick. tea.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right,
0: so, well, three-ish years ago, um, maybe even four. Kyle McCormick had been talking about this basic skeleton of a show for a while, uh, and we were talking about doing it together. And we were workshopping ideas, mm-hmm. and then um then i uh started a short a two year long podcast network that now is uh, dead um but uh, you know dead but also forgotten <laughs> um oh, but man. it was fun but we 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 no, but, you know it's all good uh it was it was fun to do and then fun to not have to run a whole network of podcasts yeah uh, but yes yeah, so we uh we were like all right, we need content, we should probably have something that like some content that diversifies the, the, the medium, it also gets a lot of eyes on it, and premieres with the network premiere. Because it can't just be a bunch of old shows, One we'll to have some that are like, hey, look at this, this is on the network, this is immediately associated with the River City Podcast Federation.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: So, I was like, well, let's just do it. And then Kyle was like, wait, uh, are we doing this? Because, uh, you know, it's it's <laughs> because I just kind of jumped on it, and that's kind of Kyle and my dynamic, is that uh, we work together really well, and that he has good ideas, and then I produce better. Um, so uh, basically, yeah, Kyle and I sat down. We hashed out the plan. We just like, okay, we're always going to give people uh, some sprinkles of information. We're going to try to maintain diversity of writers, voices, and talent. We don't want to just work with Portland people, and we don't want to just work with stand-up comics. We want to do improvisers, sketch people, podcasters, radio people, musicians, mm-hmm. uh, poets, uh, activists, et cetera, et cetera. And we went to uh, the beautiful Kelly's Olympian, which is a really dope venue in Portland that I recommend everybody check out. A lot of good comedy there. I've been hosting an open mic there every Sunday, which is today, for uh, almost, almost near six years. Wow. So, Very good. Cool. Yeah.
2: Congrats, dude. That's awesome.
0: I know. It's, it's really fun. I love it. I love it. Um, but, yeah, so we talked to them, and they were always really supportive. They have a great recording set up. Uh, a good stage, and we said, "Hey, let's just do it." So, after much discussion, Kyle and I decided that I would write the first episode. It'd be the Big Bang Theory, because you know we're starting with the Big Bang, uh, <laughs> and we did that. It was we cast with some fun, some cool, fun people, and you know we we had a mix of our dear friends and some our dear peers. We started the show. We we planned on having it pre-show, so we did the pre-show, Lucia Fasano, as you mentioned, who is mm-hmm. in many ways a secret eighth producer of the show. There are a lot of people that are working on this show uh, mm-hmm. at this point, but uh, she she got on stage to do her, her pre-show. Uh, <laughs> set, Just like her three-minute set. right? And it, as she started doing it, she just was like, I don't really want to tell jokes. So she challenged me to a, a, a fight uh, to a wrestling match then and there and it wasn't planned it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't discussed prior she just decided to say that and that's how the, the wrestling component uh, came of the show is when she decided hey we're gonna fight right here now and I said okay let's fight and uh, <laughs> she she beat me up and I, I'm never gonna forgive her I, I would've beaten her but I wasn't prepared I was too busy working on producing the show she was you know she had it easy. It's, yeah. it's all, it's not, it's not, it's not me. It's her. I mean, it's not, it's not, I, I would have won, is what I'm trying to say. But she cheated uh, by surprising me and by beating me. So, <laughs> yeah, after that, the show just kind of ballooned. We, we have been doing it every second Sunday at College Olympian for the last, you know, two plus years. Mm-hmm. And so quickly we're like, okay, we want to go to Seattle. We had a bunch of Seattle friends. So we went to Seattle, the amazing, you know, gone but not forgotten, Scratch Deli. And uh then started new organizing tour stuff that took forever to also organize. But at this point we've done Salem, Olympia, Bellingham, uh Albuquerque now. That was Oh fun. wow, that's cool. Yeah, Albuquerque's awesome. Uh Sacramento, which is has a really great comedy scene and an amazing comedy podcasting sketch and improv theater called stab comedy theater, oh, cool. which Lydia has come down for Given and that she loves to stab. And uh, <laughs> that was great. Um, so yeah, so that's pretty much it. I mean, not much as, uh, yeah, that's pretty much the origin that uh, cool. you know, came from the brain of Kyle McCormick refined in the brain of Chris Hotomy, uh, turned into a wrestling show by Lucia Fasano. And then Shane Hosey was always part of the show since day one. Uh, he wrote the second episode of the walking dead. And then eventually on like July 4th, you're like, Hey, you should just be a co-producer on the show. You're mm-hmm. you're doing all the work of co-producing. You're the commissioner of triple PW our wrestling league. And, uh, you're there all the time. So we should, uh, we should, we should have you on the team officially. You're, you're, you're already on the team. We should just give you the credit you deserve. And, uh, <laughs> that's that's and then yeah and then when Kyle McCormick and we moved to LA yeah we uh you know it's now the Shane and me party uh they we and Kyle uh were are still part of the show and we got to do a fun thing down for the Sacramento podcast festival they drove up I flew down and that was a nice meet in the middle but uh yeah yeah so that's that's where we are right now the show's you know slowly expanding and uh Expanding more and more. We've got some cool festivals coming up um, and got some stuff I can't mention. We're going to be sure. at Duck Fest, which is a new podcast festival happening sometime in August in Portland. That's oh, a cool. exciting.
4: Nice. I think we're doing,
0: ooh, this is a fun thing. We're doing Renton uh, City Comic Con coming up, which is you know, who knows? Yeah. Comic cons are weird. I'm learning about them more and more. Well and but, and, uh, and
2: the thing with uh, uh, Renton City uh, Comic Con is that it's it's a relatively new show that yeah. is growing very quickly. And got
0: good presence,
2: yeah, absolutely, and and a lot of great people are behind it, and a lot of cool people support it mm-hmm. and uh, are involved with it. So yeah, that's uh that that should be a really cool opportunity for you guys, I would think. Um, yeah, kind of kind of uh, get in on the ground level before it gets uh, too terribly big, because I mean, you know, I tell folks a lot, like once upon a time, uh, Emerald City Comic Con, which basically dominates the entire downtown scene for four mm-hmm. days and is like one of like the the top five uh pop culture conventions in the entire country. It started off as a little show in the back of an exhibition center next to a football stadium. And yeah. and I mean it's you know, it's taken, you know, over fifteen years, but yeah, I mean it's just grown and grown and grown to just like this monster mega convention. So and and from that we see kind of like these these uh smaller conventions kind of popping up all over the place that are like legit you know it's like you know you yeah. get some like really great local guests like one of my uh favorite local conventions around here is uh the Jet City Comic Show they're uh, they're getting ready to celebrate their 10th year and it's like the the with all the affection i can uh, uh throw at it it's the uh, best big little show I've ever been to. It's like it's like just right. I mean you've got like some, you know, a, a good variety of like, you know, B and C level uh, you know, celebrity folks, like a lot of uh, um, you know, old TV folks, you know, like some uh former Power Rangers and folks like that. But yeah. but it's it's got such a focus on uh the uh comics and the creators and like the Almost two thirds of the floor space is all Artist Alley, which I'm a sucker for a good Artist Alley. I that's that's my favorite thing of like any con, and it's uh, so anyway that so uh, Renton City Comic Con has kind of like that that burgeoning vibe to it as well, where it's like this is going to grow into something really really cool. Just give it a good couple years. So
0: that's so cool. Well, that's good to know because you know you never know going into stuff what it's like um, especially if you're not like if you've never gone to it before yeah so yeah for sure for sure that it has your uh, your 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 moral your 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 support um, thumbs yeah, up I, think it, I mean yeah it looks yeah. real cool I mean I I trust the thing that I mean if someone has a good website I trust that you know even if they can be a scam but I do <laughs> trust. I just mean they put the work into it and yep. I because I know I know I I mean I I need to get a website for Spectra. That's my biggest problem is I'm not I wanna do it good so I need to I wanna actually pay somebody money. But that that's boring. Um, <laughs> I no, but yeah, I'm excited we got a lot coming up and there's some things that you can't I can't say that I you know, that I wanna say. But there's a lot of there's gonna be so much spectrum content coming out in the next year that I I'm exhausted but in the best possible way. I'm uh. fulfilled.
2: Oh, I, I love it. That's exciting. So that that's a real stay tuned situation because like yeah, yeah. as uh, as things uh, grow and develop, we'd uh, you know definitely love to connect more and kind of get the uh, get the word out about that. Um, so Chris, while while I got you as we uh, uh, get closer to wrapping up, I um, I want to switch gears a little bit. So mm-hmm. I I, um, I I reached out to my audience. And I was like, hey man, so uh, uh, Chris is going to be joining me on the show. Uh, you know. Hit me with uh, with some questions. And, uh, you know, we, we were talking about uh, Kyle and Lucia a little bit ago. Um, so Lucia writes to me and she's like, oh, awesome. That's great. Um, hmm. Well... Chris has strong movie and TV opinions. Dot <laughs> dot dot. So, uh, I don't know exactly what she's alluding to, but I figured uh, Chris Hottamy. While while I got you here, what what is your scaldingest hottest take with regards to maybe uh, movies and TV?
0: Oh God, this is a, a pressure. I wonder. I, she must have said that after I spent like. Four hours in a hot tub with her boyfriend talking about Lost. I think oh that's no! <laughs> um, uh, okay. I'll, I'll go positive. Uh, I'll go positive takes. Okay. Um, all right, here's some sold-me hot takes. Uh, Batman and Robin, not that bad. It's not good, but it's not that bad. It doesn't deserve to be on the pantheon of worst comic book movies of all time. Whew. And. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a
2: scorcher.
0: Yeah. There are a bunch of your listeners have just thrown their phones and computers right? <laughs> against the wall in anger. Um, I think it does its job. I think, uh, its job isn't really great, but I don't think it's, uh, rewatching it. I think a lot of the kids jokes kind of actually land and like, it, it knows what it is. And uh-huh. it's not like, it's not like, my go-to example of a wor- the worst comic book movie of all time, and I will I will ride and die on this, is uh, X Men Apocalypse. Uh, okay. So I guess I'm going negative, but X Men Apocalypse is totally all over the place and is constantly insulting every single its audience, its cast, its everything. It's just just terrible. And look, there's like a lot of insulting things going on in. Uh, I'm not going to say uh, Batman and Robin is good, but I'm going to say that uh, once you accept what it is, it doesn't surprise you with new bad stuff. So that's a scolding hot take there. Another take that I think has become less scolding over the years. Or scolding, scolding, less scolding. it's also that uh, the Battlestar Galactica series finale was great. Uh, It's a really good ending, and all the themes and everything that happened in it was established throughout the show. That's a hot take. Yeah. Uh, uh, there are a lot of people who are upset at the uh, at the spirituality of the ending, but it has been baked into it throughout, and I yeah. don't get it. Uh, I don't get the... So that's my take there. Yeah, um, yeah. Hmm, uh, ooh, other takes.
1: Other takes.
2: <laughs> uh. Oh, man, I, I feel mm. like he's got the back burner cranked up. It's like, oh, I'm working on a sizzler. Uh, here. Oh, yes. <laughs>
0: I guess I guess uh, I guess I guess I got a negative take. Maybe she's thinking about this. Um, the last time we hung out, I had a rule that I I couldn't talk about Game of Thrones because I would just start talking about the Dithraki. So here's the thing: the Ditharaki, uh I think almost every problem in Game of Thrones could be uh, <laughs> uh, especially in the final season uh, paled in uh, any comparison to how they treated the Detharaki. Mm-hmm. Who uh, I don't know if you watched Game of Thrones. I know everyone did, but uh, right, right. They just they just forgot about them and. They, they re- I rewatched the first season, and the racking played a major p- part in the show. And yet, at the end, like it, there's no consistency for how, how many of them there are. They all they used to all be dressed differently mm-hmm. and have different like cultural. And now they all dress exactly the same and all look like uh, Jason Momoa knockoffs. <laughs> right, uh, right. <laughs> they, they're they're very okay with uh, everything. Like they're very they're, there's not a single. Representative character in the Dithraki, which, if you think of it, that's weird. Like, that's ridiculous. But there's this whole culture of people mm-hmm. on this show that they never, that that, that that have been integral to the core narrative since the beginning, who have never had a point of view character. So it'd be like, what if the Wildings didn't have Egret and uh, Torment? Which would be, that'd be so weird. Sure, if they yeah. Were there in the background. And. I think it's a it's a problem that George R. R. Martin has but not as bad as the writers it's that uh they don't seem to prioritize uh people of color as characters and it is interesting that the two main characters of color in the final season are uh former slaves who were liberated by Danny it makes a very interesting commentary on in how they uh, view people of color um, yeah. I think the Thraki, they are they are a microcosm uh, the Thraki are like the the uh I guess microcosm is what I'm looking for but they are the central example you can kind of like spread out and talk about the race problems in the show the gender problems in the show and then in the final season when like the logistics just became really confusing and you're like well how did Euron's ships show out of nowhere <laughs> and how many men are left and what about the veil? all that's like in the Dithraki who in one scene, all get wiped out, and the next scene, there like a few of them, and then they're back all again, and then they're all happy to leave after their Khaleesi is murdered. Like it's everything. It's the Disraki are the are where you see the sloppiness and disengagement with the actual premise of. The, so that's that's yeah. that's, that's a golden hot take. <laughs> Very um, good. <laughs> also, Beast Wars Transformers is the best Transformers.
2: You know what that that is with with time that is less of a scorcher than you would think because I mean uh, yeah. I mean one it's like um it- the, the the nostalgia cycle is definitely. Mm-hmm. I mean, shoot, even Transformers Armada is twenty years old this year. Yikes. Um and that's. I mean, that that will uh, uh, <laughs> strike the gray into anybody's hair. It's like, whoa. It's like I I'm not equipped to handle that. I mean, it's like I mean, so I'm an '80s kid. I'm a I'm a you know crusty G1er mm-hmm. all the way. But when uh, something somebody, somebody pops off with, wait a sec, you know Armada is coming up on twenty years, and it's like. <sighs> I mean that yeah that that just <laughs> I, I I just I just feel like uh, uh uh the guy at the end of Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade that drank out of the wrong grail I'm just like oh, <laughs> yep. he, he chose poorly um yeah. he, came, he chose poorly guy uh but yeah you know and it's interesting because I I've also noticed that uh beast wars nostalgia is is definitely like a a generational thing it's like that that's what a lot of folks uh, grew up on and that was really kind of their um, entree into larger uh, Transformers fandom because basically yeah. that that's what was there I mean especially when you know we're doing like some of the time travel stuff and some of the later episodes where it firmly plants a foot and says well no this this is an extension of G1 it it's it's the same continuity it's just later in the timeline and which blew a lot of people's hair back at the time. I I, yeah. I remember that, but uh, um, but yeah, no, that's uh, I I was I was glad you brought that up because I I had seen that you had uh, posted on uh, uh, Facebook about something. It's like, oh, I'm going to bring up something about Beast Wars, and it's like. Yep, that's, uh, that's just Prime. I'm a... Uh,
0: you know? <laughs> yeah. I couldn't find <laughs> yes. A, a, a... Yes. I couldn't find a Megatron yes gift, but I... Tried, yeah. <laughs> um, I think... Well, I think for a lot of kids in my generation and with Beast Wars is that it wasn't just an entree into uh, Transformers fandom, mm. but it was an entree into serialized narratives. Yeah. Um, good call. Because, like, I mean, like, and, and, and the X-Men and the Spider-Man cartoons are doing serialized narratives. But there was something about the way Beast Wars did it that each season had a very clear, uh, built, like, rising tension and overall story. Yeah. Where it was very much, yeah, and each episode has its own theme, which is something that a lot of serialized fiction has forgotten how to do, which is you want to be able to point to an episode and go, like, oh, this is the blank episode. Yeah. And that then rewatch it, opposed to just every episode's blurred together like it's a Netflix program. Um, but, uh, there's,
2: there's a hot take. Speaking of, yeah.
0: Um, yeah, I like being able. I like being able to tell people. Oh, check out the best episode of Beast Wars. I think it, it's not much of a debate, but maybe it is. Is Code of Hero, which is the Dinobot-centric uh, episode. Oh, yeah, and, you can, and like, yeah. Um, I mean, spoiler alert for a show that's ancient, but uh, for a show that took place two million years ago, so it's really ancient. Um, sure, is the episode where Dinobot dies the first time <laughs> I Bot dies, spoiler alert, uh, <laughs> is, um, and that, it's like the whole, like, him coming to terms with his past mistakes, and his, like, his, his identity, uh, uh, his, his new, like, his cultural allegiance, but his allegiance to, like, what's right, like, it was really, um, it was really powerful, and that, for a kid, and just having, having him save, you know, humanity, while also like beaten up all of the all of the Predacons, and just a beautiful like showing that like, in a show like a lot of kid shows where you can get blown up and you're fine, but yeah. showing that like oh there is eventually like a point where you can't survive anymore, and just this final like basic thing of anyone like Megatron's like what are you gonna do to stop me? You're out of power. You're you've been beaten up. You're all broken he's like I can improvise Ooh, that still gives me chills yeah. when he like makes the, uh, the stone axe and beats up Megatron and saves the future and all that it's a great great character great great sequence and that's for kids you like seeing that you're like damn like the moment after that I was like okay like, every time I played with my friends I was like I want to die heroically yeah <laughs> okay. yeah I'm the I'm the guy that gets to die. Um, <laughs> it is a really cool. It's just a really cool episode, and it's a, a, a. I mean, there's so many good characters in that show. Like, uh, I mean, you know, of course, you know, all the Maximals are fun. Black Arachne is fun. Mm-hmm. I love me a good Tarantulas, You know, uh, sure. You know, who? Um, what's his name? Um, oh no, now I'm worried that I rampage. rampage
4: oh sure. is, yeah. Uh,
0: I love that. There's just uh, a cannibal, and other <laughs> good things for. The, that character is that that character is technically like a maximal like he mm-hmm. was a maximal production and that show does a pretty cool thing for a kids show especially in the 90s is be like hey like the maximals did some some shady stuff too like they right. they built this immortal psycho sorry, or like this immortal evil uh cannibal guy it was it was, uh, it was
2: actual cannibal shia labeouf before actual cannibal shia labeouf so.
0: actual cannibal crab that is buff um, there you go yeah i loved it it was it was it was it was, it was, it was fun and uh i mean yeah, they, yeah there's there's some good stuff in um in that show so i one day i'm always trying to push beast wars on the the writing the writing table i'm like Hey, what if we did uh this one? Just you know, casually. Hey, wouldn't it be funny if we did Beast Wars or oh, uh I thought I heard someone say Beast Wars over right there. Yeah. Cause I really wanna do I really wanna do some 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 prime stuff. <laughs>
2: That oh oh very nice. I, I like that. Uh but yeah, no, I, I think Beast Wars would make Wake a uh fantastic episode of Spec script because uh, again, like like we talked about earlier, um, you know, there there's so much cultural osmosis with regards to kind of like the overall world of the Transformers. So mm-hmm. I could see somebody that has zero exposure to to Beast Wars kind of bringing like stuff that you know like they may have seen in like the Michael Bay movies or what they perceive from like you yeah. know old G1 stuff and kind of bringing that sensibility to uh, trying to tackle Beast Wars and kind of seeing the results of that I, I I think that would be I think that would be a lot of fun I, I think like four of us would really really dig on it but, um, mm-hmm. but
1: no
0: yeah and I, I mean that's what, what you, you should be doing stuff for like I always have to tell myself, because I mean, of course, I'm, of course, I want to be famous. Of course, I want this show to like have a hundred thousand listeners, sure. etc. You know, I hope. I, of course, I want all that. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I also, I just really want, I want people, I lo- I want people to be like, I'm a huge fan of this show. Like, of, of, I'm a huge fan of Stranger Things, and I listen to a Stranger Things episode, which is also one of our best. They're all one of our best, but Stranger Things might mm-hmm. actually be our best. But uh, <laughs> um, and they and I love it. It was just it was really like that's that's what I want. I want like fans of, of certain shows to be to to find us and to get fulfillment and enjoyment from our silly our silly our silly taste on those episodes. Yeah.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and I, uh, you know, something that you were just saying a little bit ago, Chris, kind of, kind of transitions, me into the uh, uh, last little bit of uh, questions I wanted to ask you, and mm-hmm. this is this is kind of like the uh, what some of my guests have referred to as the the uh, job interview uh, type questions, <laughs> and it's and it's kind of like it's three questions, it's kind of like a three legged stool type of thing, but um, but first, um, uh, what is your biggest challenge? Either as like you know, as a as a creator, what's uh, what's your biggest challenge? The second leg of that is, and you touched on this already, is kind of what is the ultimate direction? For your creative pursuit, in this case, it could be a uh, uh, podcast or whatever else you'd like to speak to, and then finally to round it out, what advice would you have for folks that want to pursue their own uh, creative interests? And then, and then after we tackle some of that, we'll we'll do another cattle call of like where folks can uh, connect with uh, with SpecScript and find you on the the social medias and the and and the twits and all of that other stuff. But but yeah, let's start with a kind of. a Challenges. What, uh, what do you think the biggest challenge uh, currently is?
0: I have three big challenges. Um, I'll, I'll end on the one that I'm worst at. Uh, the big, first one is uh, I'm just bad at Twitter. I need to be better at Twitter. I'm terrible at Twitter. I've never been good at Twitter. Lucia Fasano always will be like, if I make a post that she finds funny on Facebook, she'll be the one that like, reminds me that I haven't tweeted it. Yeah. So Twitter, I'm just terrible at. Uh, next problem I have is I'm really bad at a consistent release schedule for Spec Scripts. Um, it's that's my biggest that's my big problem with the show. And I'm just I get I get I just get in a weird headspace um, about yeah. editing. So that's something that like I need to probably get like an editor eventually or like a, a that type of producer because mm-hmm. like we used to be pretty consistent. We would release it the Monday after a show that I get I put so much energy into. The week pre- before the show, and I'm so exhausted after that, like, that kind of has fallen by the wayside. So, I'm actually right now, right before we talked, I was working on, like, actually writing down a release schedule for all these episodes I have so that I can just maybe spend, like, Tuesday when I'm free just doing it. It's easy, they're, they're easy to edit. <laughs> That's the thing. Except for the, well, the tour shows are a nightmare to edit yeah. because they're always an incon but the Kelly shows are easy to edit. Uh, so there's that. So that's, uh, that's just something I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I've never been good at. Yeah. Uh, I've never been good at editing podcasts. Uh, it's a nightmare. I get really stressed and it takes me, blah, blah blah. So that's <laughs> something I'm terrible at. And Hey, if you're a listener and want to do something that you would be paid for one day in the future, but definitely not now. Um, Hey, give me a ring. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to ask anybody because of the aforementioned not being able to pay them anything. Right. Uh, or not being able to pay them anything that was actually worth their labor. <laughs>
4: like
0: ten bucks an episode is not worth their their labor. But uh, I maybe mean, twenty bucks an episode. You know, like that's a that's the dream. That's later. And then my biggest issue, my biggest problem, is uh, I, I mean the thing I'm doing this year is is, is I said reckless expansion, and I want to yeah. do that. But like, I'm always thinking about like I always want to do something new. And it's it's hard to to temper that part of my brain down. I'm that type of creative person where I like having projects. And in college, I was like a double major, working on like a bunch of plays. And often, like all of the prob- all of those would suffer quality uh, control just because I was overextending, uh, overextending myself. And I I just love overextending myself. That's a <laughs> that's a big problem that I need to work on always in the show. Yeah, you know it. It, the show's been helped by it right now and I've, I've tempered it a little but like after getting back from Albuquerque I had to like take a breather and was like Chris you're not you're not going you had one good show on Albuquerque you're not going to call them up and say hey what if we do a monthly show where I fly down to Albuquerque once a month to do a show you know <laughs> like, yeah. like don't do that don't don't, <laughs> don't don't do that. You will die. If you do that, you will, you will only be eating airport McDonald's. Um, you will have no money. Yeah. Uh, you'll get fired from your job. And, uh, and, especially, you know, special, you know isn't, 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 isn't a cash cow yet. Right. Uh, so, yeah. And it's never going to be a cash cow because every time we make money off of it, it goes back into the show. So, you know, but, uh, yes, yeah, so that's overextension. extension, extension. There's like, Mamma mia, there's November is gonna be a uh, a, a terrible month for for, for the show. Yeah. In the in a good way. But uh like there is the potential that in November like let me just actually let me just see something. Because <laughs> you know, I mean I'm August we might have five shows. Probably hopefully not, but we might have five shows in August. Uh September we have what? Uh oh one, two, three, four, five, We might have five shows in September.
2: Oh, my goodness.
0: I know. Uh, You know, um, November, I think, is the one that's like, oh, yeah, yeah, because November is uh, a lot. We're going to probably be doing, it looks like we might be doing OriCon. I don't know if that's true, so maybe I shouldn't say that, but, like, OriCon's then, and we have a main show, so then we might have a Seattle, so that's three then we might there's a the festival we might be doing, and then Khan is happening, and that's a Portland-based anime convention, and it's like oh, that's gonna, I mean I'm gonna do that if I can, especially so that's like six, and then my festival, the Ha Ha Harvest Comedy Festival, is done, so we'll be having November six shows, including me running a comedy festival, which is a bad idea, and I see that <laughs> coming down the road. Um, and my only, at least with with Google Docs, I can plan it out. Yeah, hopefully like limit the stress. Uh, but when there's six shows, there's six more chances for something to go wrong. Um, so so we'll see how that works. So that's my biggest problem. OK. And uh, my advice, uh, my advice for people who, who want to create stuff who want to mm-hmm. maybe do a podcast want to do a live show is, uh, you know. It's this is an advice that I see passed around a lot, but I always felt like I never heard it enough when I needed to hear it. Which mm-hmm. is just to uh, do it and do it badly, uh, because you're gonna be doing it badly. But like, don't be, don't overthink how well it's gonna go. Like, don't don't stress and limit yourself because you're like, well, if I can't do it in the right way, why do it at all?
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: Uh, yeah, because because if it sucks, bummer. But, like, you can do something new. You'll learn something. And that happened with a lot of these tour shows where I delayed a lot. I'm like, "Mm, if if I'm not going to be able to, like, get the right time and all that jazz, why do it? And you know what? A lot of them weren't the greatest because I don't really know people in some places, but they were still fun. And I did them, and I feel better knowing that I did them, and I learned from that. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, like, we could have waited Forever on spec script, and if you wait forever on something, also someone's gonna like do it. There, are, there are there are hundreds of people on this planet, and uh, there are there are maybe even thousands, right. and they will. They people have ideas. Yep. People people get inspired by the same thing you're inspired by, and they'll do it. And they might they might suck too, uh, but they'll do it. So just do it and learn from it, and then do something else later better. There's never, nothing is going to be, nothing is your one chance. Yeah. Nothing is your one shot to make something beautiful. you ha- you'll have a million ideas. Uh, when I started, when I started spec script, I didn't like wrestling, you know, sure. now, <laughs> now, now, now we might one day have to split up the, uh, the pre-show because it's so long and it's so complicated. Like, right. When I started, Spectrum I didn't have a comedy festival. Now I have a comedy festival that is like a million. Like if Spectrum died tomorrow, I'd be devastated, and it's not gonna. It it's you know, it's it's becoming an institution. Yeah, important uh, on comedy and all that. But if it died tomorrow, I wouldn't die tomorrow, and uh, and I'd have I'd have new projects to work on, and you know, I mean, same for anyone listening. You'll have you'll have new inspiration. You'll be a different person. You'll have new experiences and you'll have new people you're working with. So it's uh so yeah, just do it. Just do the thing as people say. Yeah. Don't uh talk about your screenplay for five years. Don't you know Yep. Do it. And yeah. do and yeah. You'll or- learn.
2: Or like the podcast that you keep meaning to start, you know, it's like, I hear that one a lot. It's like, I mean, I'll go to like, you know, podcasters meetups and like, you know, like half of the people, oh, I've got this really cool uh, idea for a show. And I'm (laughs) like, when do you launch? Well, um, well, um, and, and, and I tell those people like right to they face, I like, you know, if you're waiting for you to perfect it into like the most idealized version of the thing you want to do, mm-hmm. you'll never do it. And
0: you a hundred percent agree.
2: And you raise yeah. a really good point is that like also someone else is gonna do it. You know, yeah. totally independent. You know, it's yeah, because I mean there's there there's a lot of ideas in the world but there's not so many ideas that like you know your ideas for like a minute by minute breakdown of every episode of the Beast Wars cartoon uh, (laughs) I'm sure somebody else is gonna land on that also yeah
0: (laughs) everything's uh, everything's everything has already been done and everything's already been thought of Mm -hmm. and yeah I mean that doesn't that that just means you can do it your own way and it's just do it yeah I know you mean I've been to a few podcast meetings like that and that's I think a thing, I don't know, how, I mean, I, we're not too different in, in, in generation, but, like, but in terms of Transformers, yeah. we are. Um, sure, sure. I think a, a thing that really hurts my generation is a lot of us were raised in a way where there was a lot of pressure to, to, be, to be the best, like no one yeah. ever was. Um, and uh, a lot, like, it's a weird thing that I noticed that, like, I had so many friends in college have breakdowns and like, oh, no, I got a B. And it's like, well, you should be okay if you got a C. You're not failing. You know, like, right. and I was like that for a long time. I was like that until I had a kind of my own breakdown in high school about stressing about being, being, being the best. There were so many times I'm like, I remember at the age of like six, I told my mom that I didn't want to do a, go to karate, a karate class because I was too old. <laughs> To be good at it, I thought I'd missed my my opportunity. Yeah, uh, and that was stupid. I was six,
2: mm-hmm. and
0: but it still exists in my head. There's a, you know like oh you you if I can't do it right, if I can't, you know, I miss an opportunity to be the best at something. But I'm never going to be the best at everything. I'm never going to be the best at anything. And you're not going to be the best at a at podcasting listener right. who is debating it. You're, it's going to sound terrible, mm-hmm. and you're going to like you're going to release one and somehow it's going to like only be on like the left ear for somebody. And you're going to have like one listener who can only hear out of the right ear and they're going to tweet at you angrily and you're going to get stressed out. <laughs> like, it's it's going to happen. You know and I mean? You're going to have like, you're going to have a, a pod. You're going to have a guest. You got really excited about drop out like 10 minutes after they were supposed to be at your house. Um, right. You're going to
2: have shits.
0: That sucks. Sorry, you're gonna have stuff that y- sucks. You're so. fine.
2: You're fine. <laughs> right. um, it's the internet. And,
0: <laughs> yeah, dead. exactly. I forget. I, um, and it's gonna it's gonna suck. And first of all, no one's gonna care. Yeah. I mean, maybe some of that one fan you have. Like, someone's gonna care, but uh, but people don't notice stuff. Like 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 we've been getting like you actually you Mike bro- you mm-hmm. caught the spelling error I had in the freaking title for the spec script. And, like we, 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 like, we are a selected event for the stranger, um, yeah. and none, none of the people on the thing were like, oh, hey, this is spelled wrong, because no one noticed. Yeah. Um, and it's not the end of, like... Producer Chris, from, like, four years ago, might have even made a post apologizing for yeah. that mistake, because I was so embarrassed by it. And now was like, oh, cool, thank you for saving me a uh, minor humiliation, but it also, like... It's not the end of the world. Is that where? Oh, cool. Um,
2: right. Yeah. It's it, just, it's just yeah. It's it's shruggy emoji. It's like cool. It's like you know we yeah. got it fixed. It's fine. Yes. <laughs> that kind of thing.
0: There. Yeah. There's. Um. Everyone cares about their own. Everyone self-absorbed. Ugh. Sorry. To your listeners at home, I'm pacing around my house nervously, and I just found some keys I had been missing for a couple of days. Ooh! Yay! <laughs> Yeah. So, thank you for this podcast. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. You're gonna, but yeah. Like everyone only cares about themselves in their own way. Even like everyone's focused on their own stress. Everyone has like a terrible boss. Has a terrible day job. Everyone has family drama. You know, everyone doesn't get to see their partner enough. Like everyone's going through stuff. No one really. People. There are people that care. And mm-hmm. when you, if you do get really successful, you're gonna have a lot of people that care. But just do it and maybe I'll make something magic. Uh, you know, you know, Lindsay Ellis? No. Oh, so Lindsay Ellis is an amazing YouTuber. You should check out her okay. stuff. Um, she's, she, uh, is a phenomenal YouTuber. Does a great deep guy video essays on, uh, Disney stuff, sci-fi stuff. Uh, I would say her best thing has recently been, she did a trilogy of videos about the Hobbit movies.
2: Oh, yes. I, I yes. do know that. My uh, um, uh, guy I work with uh, turned me on to that, that series of videos. I know exactly what you're talking about. Well, yes.
0: Yeah, so, uh, she's amazing. She's she's on my big list of people that one day I want to work with. She's probably at the top of that list. Um, but, like, she's very open about thinking her early stuff sucks. And it does, in a sense, because she's working for a bad company. She was young and early video early YouTube stuff. <laughs> yeah, you know, like the it's it is not good. But it's also good. But um she she's she's pretty open about that. But she still did it and she still made it. And if you see like a current Lindsay Ellis video you're like, wow, this is so well produced with such good takes yeah. and a really like a really good understanding of the of the intellectual back like background Probably voice acting, and that explains why Aladdin was a very game-changing movie. All that jazz. Mm-hmm. You see that? And be like, well, I could never do something like that. And like, yes, you could never do something like that now, probably. But neither could Lindsay Ellis four years ago. You know,
2: right? Exactly. Neither could
0: Lindsay Ellis twelve years ago. Like, you you got to start somewhere. So I yeah, my advice is just start yep. and yeah, start fall and then keep on falling and then. Eventually, you'll fall onto something great. All right.
2: Yeah. No, you're right. Uh, uh, failure, a good teacher is. You know, yeah. That, that kind of thing. Yeah.
0: Um, if you never fail, you don't realize when you're going to fail. Or if you've never failed, then either you've never tried, or you've also failed a lot and you just haven't realized it. And in that case, I can't help you.
2: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And uh, Chris, I really appreciate the advice. That is. Uh, that is. Awesome good stuff. That that's actually my favorite interview question is uh is the advice <laughs> question because it's always like it it's it's a refrain of the same thing. It's kind of echoes of the the just do it philosophy but yeah. you know do it do it now and you know that 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 kind of thing but but everybody has their own individual take on it. I I think like one mm-hmm. of these days um I might have to like go through a bunch of my old interviews and do like a super cut of, of uh, different people answering that question differently because and and just put it up yeah. as like it's like and here is my TED talk <laughs> where it's because yeah I mean yeah. It, I, again it's 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 reverberations and echoes of the of the same refrain but uh, it's it's mm-hmm. it, it's it's awesome stuff and and so yeah. I really appreciate that
0: it, it's one that needs to be that I need to tell myself all the time because of course I have like forty different projects that oh, I sure I've been talking about forever <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: Well, um, well, you know, creators are usually the worst at taking their own advice. I, I know that's yeah. where I live. It's like I can, I can give you advice as as, uh, as much as the day is long, but when it comes to looking in the mirror, and I'm like, well, but it's hard. You know, that, <laughs> exactly. That, that kind of thing. Yeah. So. Uh,
0: yeah. It's it's uh it's hard to it, it, it's hard to actually do stuff
2: um yeah uh, yeah absolutely absolutely yeah all right, Chris. Well, I mean th- this is a this was a lot of fun. I uh, again, I I really appreciate you taking the time to uh, uh let us know about Spec Script and and specifically Spec Script Seattle Presents Transparent that's uh, again coming Can't up wait. on uh on Sunday, June 30th this weekend. That's uh that is going to yep. be a good cap off for your uh, Seattle Pride weekend. Uh uh show starts at 9. Uh, that is going to be at the Blue Moon Tavern in the U District. Again, that's uh, I don't know if they still have the drinking man statue or, or sculpture out front, but uh, they they used to have like so. There's the Seattle Art Museum here in downtown uh, where it's the hammering man, where it's just like it's mm. it's you know it's a a modern art sculpture of just a dude hammering, and like every Labor Day they turn him off so he's not hammering anymore. It's mm. it's one of those things. But anyway, outside the Blue Moon, for the longest time they had a a version of that where it's the drink. Man, it's just a—it's a—it's a a motorized arm just uh, uh, pounding a a delicious Pacific Northwest uh, microbrew. But again, I don't know if he's there anymore or not. Uh, It's been a few since I made it out that way. But um,
0: I think there Uh, is—that does seem familiar. But like, I'm also just very suggestible. (laughs)
2: <laughs> i understand well uh chris Hottamy, before uh before we let you go uh could you mm-hmm. run through all of the different ways that folks can connect with uh spec script mm-hmm. the uh the uh the podcast the social medias uh wherever we can find your wares on the interwebs
0: all right yeah so uh we're most active on instagram and facebook uh on instagram we're just spec script we got spec script which is pretty exciting um so go check us out there. I really like Instagram and stuff. Uh, you know, uh, then on Facebook we're, we're 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 also a spec script. There are a few different spec scripts, but I think we are the we are we are the one that's the podcast. Um, and we are we're doing pretty good. Uh, so check us out there. I love me some likes. Get get us some likes, uh, and then that's where you can hear about events. As for when you can listen to us, I mean we are available wherever you can listen to podcasts unless there's an app that I don't know about. Uh, we are we are still based off of SoundCloud, and I'm probably going to stay on SoundCloud until it shuts down because I like uh, being able to see the numbers. I like being able to send out uh, applications where people can see the numbers, you know? Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. It's a festival. It's one of those, like, eh, you know, I mean, I, I like Libsyn and all, but uh, I like being able to show, for people to see how we do listener-wise because it's uh we do okay we do i mean consider it for for not represented podcasts we do pretty good and uh twitter we're at spec script show i have mentioned that i'm not that good at it but every now and again i forget that i am on the SpecScript twitter and i will retweet a bunch of stuff about iranian politics uh so that's fun <laughs> and uh let's see um we are, uh, you know, going to be in Seattle uh, a bunch coming up in the future, so it's exciting. Um, so you can see us there. Uh, you can you come down to Portland every second Sunday to see us. We have a bunch of events coming up. If you are a podcaster or a funny person, I have a festival called the Ha Ha Harvest Comedy Festival. that's taking submissions; only ten dollars until July eighth. And if you have, it's a comedy festival, but if you have a funny podcast that you want to do on it, you should submit. I uh, like representing podcasters. I know that it's hard to find events that let podcasts happen at them, so I really yeah. want to break that mold. Uh, if, boy, oh boy, I've wasted a lot of money applying to things that had no interest in uh, outside podcasts. Um, let's see, uh, Patreon. We have a Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash spec script. A lot of, we, we, we were pretty lucky in terms of spec script getting that and uh i definitely need some more patrons so that i can you know pay for a website and pay for an editor and pay for somebody to shout at me about not uh doing stuff fast enough uh let's <laughs> see um let's see anything else to say um if you are down in in in, in sac if you are a, uh, if you are a listener of this uh seattle-based program but you live down in sacramento we we have some more Sacramento stuff coming up in the future, so keep an eyeballs peeled for that. Nice and uh, oh, we're going to be in Tacoma on July 26th, and then you our first ever reality show, uh, keeping up with the Kardashians. So that's going to be exciting. Oh my and, goodness!
2: Wow. That's, yeah, yeah. That's, um, that's dope.
0: Yes, yeah, and uh, so Jill Silva is writing it, and we got yeah, we got Jim Stewart Allen, uh, who's uh, really cool comic who does a really cool thing with, uh, the Oregon trail. And, uh, we, uh, we got, uh, you know, other cool people. Um, Sweet. but that's a, a cool thing. We got Aaron Crouch and Aaron D's two Aarons who are spelled uh-huh. with E R I N. And I'm <laughs> that. Lydia and I are going up for that. And, uh, yeah, future episodes, size transparent. We got Rick and Morty coming up. We got a uh, community coming up. Uh, we got, uh, duck dynasty coming up um, we got true blood we have a bunch of other stuff there yeah and yeah so uh, I'm really excited uh, you know just keep your ears peeled we have a yeah. lot of fun episodes coming out please engage with us so that I feel that we're engaged with our fans it's a uh, it's hard to to generate fan engagement that's something I'm bad at so yeah engage with us so that I know how to engage uh, there you go I, I like that little, yeah I know that's pretty much everything I have. Cool uh going on. So thank you for talking to me so long about Spec Script. I love it. It's my favorite thing. It's ninety percent of my life right now. <laughs> um and it's 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 the happiest I could be. It's 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 to to do back on the thing the thing I was saying about, you know, struggle in life and all that jazz mm-hmm. is uh is I mean I've had I ha I've had I had two other podcasts before this, uh, that are on permanent hiatus. I had, ran I've ran, like, I don't know how many different recurring shows, but, like, at least five recurring comedy shows that I thought were my big thing. Yeah. And those have all died, and I took their death badly. I got really fired from a company once, uh, a comedy company, by finding out that someone else had my job. Um, And that was weird, and that was devastating and all that. Like, I had all that happening. And uh, none of that, really. I mean, without any of that. I wouldn't have a special and I wouldn't have meeting specs at Seattle and I wouldn't be on, on your podcast and I wouldn't really be uh, where I am. So it doesn't matter if something fails unless it fails in a way that uh, you hurt people. So yeah, don't hurt people. Right. But, uh, treat people ethically, be a Mm -hmm. good comrade, but, uh, yeah, eventually something happens that makes you feel good.
2: Yeah. I love it. that And that's, you know, as as independent creators, that's that's all we're hoping for is, you know, just just, exactly. just a little taste of that. I, I know exactly where you're coming from. Well dude, I mean uh Chris we could uh we could talk literally all day long, but I, I know oh, and yeah. I, I know you got a thing coming up and I, I should probably uh let you get to it so you can get ready for uh Thanks. for your open mic. Uh but uh again this this has been a lot of fun and would definitely love to uh, connect again in the future.
0: Oh most most certainly. Thank you so much, Mike, and uh yeah, thank you for thank you for reaching out to me. Thank you for uh, just being being cool, and thank you for uh, thank you for everything. This is fun. Thank, thank you. you for always uh, supporting the the of the universe.
2: <laughs> and, uh, Thanks. Yeah. Well, you're yeah. welcome. You're welcome. I and and again, like we talked about way at the beginning, it's like you know uh, the the funnest thing about this gig is just being able to give a platform to and support my friends. So I'm, i I'm I'm excited about that friendship <laughs> well, yeah
0: it is magic so uh yeah i hope to uh, yeah well I hope we get to meet uh in the in the in the in person and in, uh caught co- maybe maybe on june 30th maybe on june yeah, 30th awesome. <laughs> we'll see yeah that'd be awesome i'll be very stressed and i love that's my favorite time to meet people uh so uh yeah i understand uh, right, thank you so much um yeah party on uh, All right. yeah. <laughs>
2: party, party on Garth.
0: <laughs> party on Wayne. Yeah, there it is.
2: All right. Well, uh, Chris, I will uh, we will talk again in the future, okay?
1: Oh right, yeah, off the way. I can't wait. All
2: right, have a good one.
1: Call the Mike Cyber Radio Voicemail Hotline 231-224 Mike. And for you youngins that don't know how the letters work on a phone, that's 231-224-6453. Get off my lawn.
2: So during my conversation with Chris, there uh, we mentioned a couple few times a friend of the show, great friend of the show, actually a great friend to both of our shows, uh, Lucia Fasano. She's uh, she's got a new album coming out later in July called "Best Friend Forever." Uh, But in the meantime, while we're waiting for that uh, project to uh, debut on Kickstarter and crowdfunding, uh, she was part of a collab that I think you're really gonna dig uh, that I wanted to share here. Um, Ray of Sun. Sunshine that by Bill Beats featuring Rhyme Time Artemis and Lucia Fasano from Bill Beats for President Volume Two by Bill Beats who I know here in the Seattle nerd music community uh, for his work with both Shabzilla and Death Star a cool dude and I uh, I really dig that it's such a small world sometimes um, oh yeah and he, he's uh, played shows with uh, with Kirby Crackle also um, anyhow. Here is a hip-hop summertime jam that might or might not have references to Ray Bradbury and Thighs. Um, and stick around. I'll be back in a few to let you know what's coming up in the next few episodes. You're listening to Mike Cybert Radio. Yeah. Roasting in the sun, looking like California raisins. California raised in, I'm Central Cali craving. A summer day in the Bay means no hibernation. Lift up libations, a toast to these occasions, cause the coast got all the places for festivities and celebrations. I hate the snow, the summer, no comparing it. I'll kick a stupid snowman in his pointy orange carrot dick. Stereo open, Raps Adonis to the heretics. There it is, who dare split against the top chalyricist? I hope you're hearing this, the resonance is evidence that we're still Americans, even though the president's an embarrassment. Ignorance and arrogance, use music as get your therapist So crack a brew and flip it up, we'll party as we deal with this It's hard to do, but the barbecue will help us go Pepper sweet baby rays, you're our only hope We missed the sun, it came
1: It's not the drugs talking When the ass breeze, man, you say fuck walking My time, your hand, you don't touch often Rippin' with life, you feel your clutch soften When I must get bad and they bruise Get sad and relax uh, Imagine a cruise where I'm not even mad at the cruise Just mad at extra activities have when the skew Cracking the brew, open up wiser, uh-huh. can't find the opener, so you gotta open what light does. Go into that night uh, feel like it won't end, invisible plentiful parties always go in. Uh-huh. Hoping that I'm back in LA so I can rock these shows.
5: What Drop a teardrop, Roscoe's closed. Damn. For us, bitch, Chili Bow and DC stable, really though. We miss the sun, it came.
1: what Mike thinks. Now tell him what you think on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Radio.
2: And you know what? I, I was talking to you earlier about Kirby Crackle and the Seattle nerd scene, and I, I totally forgot to mention another cool thing uh, for you to check out this week if you happen to be in the greater Seattle area. Ace Comic Con is this weekend, starting Friday, June 28th through Sunday, the 30th, at the Washington Music Theater. Um, so, I guess it's still the Wamu Theater, and I... I was today years old when I realized that I mean like WaMu Theater was a uh, music venue in Seattle named for a uh, Washington Mutual which ended up being one of those corrupt banks in in 2008 uh, ended up selling out to Chase and leaving a whole bunch of people in the lurch all all a uh, uh, golden parachute style but I had remembered that their name was still on the the theater because uh, nobody had sold the naming rights or something like that so uh, come to find out several years later I guess it's the Washington music theater so it's uh, it's still the wamu um, anyway I, I got way far afield on that um, anyhow I wanted to let you know that the costume characters for causes photo booth will be set up for you to get your pictures taken with some of the best cosplayers and superheroes in the Pacific Northwest uh, they'll be taking your donations to help local pediatric charities so be sure and seek them out if uh, if you find yourself at Ace Comic Con this weekend and be someone's hero. I, I'm not sure who all is going to be there, but uh, you know I've um, uh, done a lot with uh, costume characters for causes, and I'm always excited to kind of try to promote them uh, when I can. I've uh, recently made uh, friends with uh, Destry, one of their uh, one of their uh, awesome photographers, um, and obviously you know uh, Mike Martin, uh, uh, Funko. You know he's huge with them. Uh, usually rock, rocking either like his uh, golden age flash uh, uh, cosplay or uh, captain marvel uh, the the Shazam version uh, Rocketeer or even his uh, paper cylon um uh, cosplay, which is totally totally on point, and of uh, of course a uh, Batman uh, Batman in Seattle, who incidentally just did a a super dope photo shoot with uh, with my dude Eric Mannix. Uh, those, uh, if you haven't seen a that yet, uh, follow both of those guys on their socials because that that was a that that was a dope photo shoot and uh, and yeah, all, all kinds of uh, great folks. Again, like the the best. Cosplayers and most prolific cosplayers in the Pacific Northwest um, find their way uh, to a a CC for C photo booth at these cons to you know kind of do their part and try to try to spend the uh, spread the good word of uh, superheroics. So again, uh, hashtag be someone's hero and uh, find the costume characters for causes photo booth at Ace Comic Con if you happen to find yourself there this weekend. Okay, so now join us for the following previews. Coming up next week, it's episode 221 and friend of the show Steve Strout, thestevestrout.com will join me to discuss the return of comic book swap meet. That's uh, the Olympic Peninsula's own mini-con. It is back and it is going to be better than ever. That is going to be happening July 13th and I just saw that artist Blackie Shepard, uh, a huge friend of the show, uh, will be there tabling as a as a guest artist. Uh, and he um He just Put out a preview of his uh, cover for an upcoming issue of IDW's new Transformers comic, um, and, and it's rad because it's uh, featuring uh, Prowl and Chromia as uh, buddy cops. And you know, say what you will about the new IDW Transformers continuity, I do like the idea of Prowl and Chromia uh, being uh, kind of basically being uh, kind of mismatched buddy cops. It's it, it's it's one of the cooler dynamics that's come of the of the new uh, fiction. Anyway, that's really cool, and I'm super stoked uh, to see him doing some official Transformers work. I know he's been—it's uh, it, been an aspiration of uh, Blackie's for a really long time to um, to do some Transformers work and and some of the other Hasbro properties that uh, IDW just happens to own. So hopefully, uh, this uh, this uh, cover gig leads to more. And um, and speaking of uh, the Steve Strout go to the thestevestrout.com. I'll have a link in the show notes. Uh, he's posted a couple really rad photos and some blogs about uh, his experience at the uh, um, Summer Con. I think it's just called Summer Convention uh, that was at the Puyallup Fairgrounds uh, recently. Uh, so a really good read there. Uh, you want to check that out. Um, and then, as I said, um, I am I am heading on vacation. Uh, uh, Lucky and I are traveling to the, the frozen wilderness uh, uh hanging out with our friends to the north in Canada. We're going to be uh, spending a few days in Niagara Falls for her birthday. But then after that, we are off to Toronto um, and capping off our our weekend uh with uh, TFCon Toronto. And um as of this recording, uh Lucky has still committed because I've I've bought tickets, but she says that she is going to go and do TFCon with me. So um so that that'll be interesting to see how that goes. We uh she and I have not been to a fan convention together, I would say, in almost 20 years. So that it'll be uh it'll be an interesting time for sure. Um, so uh, I'll look for my recap episode later in the summer. Uh, but while I am gone, obviously I won't have uh, access to recording equipment um, to put out a a uh, current podcast. So what I did is I actually planned for this, and I've got I've got two special episodes for you coming up. Uh, first uh, episode two twenty two two hundred twenty uh, two. It's Mike and Mickey's last ride from the KGRG studios, and then the week after that, the week of July seventh um uh some time ago i sat down and read through the entire list of the transformers fandom ask list from tumblr it's uh 30 questions and it's it just basically asks you about your transformers fandom and i uh i i just kind of like found myself recording and before i knew i had an entire show that i didn't Really need, but now I've got it in my back pocket, so I can uh, uh, share it with you. Um, and you know, I, sense in the spirit of uh, TFCon, I figured that would be a great time to roll that out. Um, and then it'll be time. Shoot, I mean, where's the summer already going? sidefest uh, Northwest is uh, just around the corner. That is going to be at the end of July, happening Saturday, July twenty seventh. Um, I'm uh, I am hoping to make an announcement about my involvement. With uh, SideFest Northwest very soon, but not today. Uh, You know, there's still uh, a couple decisions yet to be made, so be patient on that. You'll probably hear about that. Um, on my social medias, uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, uh, before I actually get a chance to uh, talk about it on the podcast uh, with uh, those uh, uh, special recorded shows uh, coming up. Uh, but then, uh, to round it out, later in the summer, don't miss my interview with Brian Birnbaum, uh, again, podcast host and author of the debut novel from Dead Rabbit's Books. It's a book called Emerald City. Um from what i'm understanding it's very much inspired by the seattle area and that's uh you know I, i'm i'm skipping ahead but that's how um, uh, the nice folks at dead rabbits books happened to reach out to me. They're like, Hey, we were looking for Seattle podcasters and, uh, and, uh, uh, thought you would, you know, be of interest. And I, I certainly am. So anyway, uh, and so that'll be later and I will see what else I can think of between now and then, because I hear a rumor that Matt and Tim from the not so much, but Us show uh, might be looking to do a show about the infinity saga and the Marvel. Cinematic universe and the end game. Because, um, uh, well, as we know, that is head back to theaters with, you know, some like Blu ray materials. You know, I, I saw something, maybe it was on Cinema Blend, but uh, somebody saying, like, oh man, this is where they're going to put out the X Men. And Really, at a time where Dark Phoenix is still in theaters, granted not doing well, it may be out of theaters by the time you listen to this, but I I really seriously don't think that one of those quote-unquote surprises that good old Kevin Feige is referring to, I'm pretty sure it's not going to be X-Men stepping out of a portal, um, and I think that would... <laughs> I mean, I, I don't think people understand how movies work um, in terms of like casting and production. I don't think that they would be able to cast an entire team of new X-Men to uh, uh, insert them into the Endgame for a cash grab uh, re-release just to beat Avatar, uh, which I, I'm in full support of. And, you know, people that are critical of Endgame being a cash grab, well, that's that's what these things are. Um, entertainment as a commodity is put out there to make money. So, um, so really just the fact that these movies are a thing, that's a thing that in itself is a cash grab. So I don't understand that as an insult or a slur, um, or, or a whatever, um, But that will be for another day. Uh, But uh, that will do it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening. And if you'd like to listen to my past episodes, subscribe on SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, the Stitcher Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you download your podcasts. Like, share, rate, and review the show wherever you find it. And special huge thanks to Dave Sanders for uh, the production and editing assist this week. You are hearing this podcast on time uh because uh he was able to help me in a pinch when i got bogged down at work uh, you can hit him up on fiverr for your podcast editing needs i've got a link in the show notes for you to click on super easily uh, but yeah i'm i'm gonna get the heck out of here for my guest chris hodemy my name is mike this has been mike cyber radio and until next time make good choices
1: you've been listening to the mike cyber radio podcast Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching at Mike Radio. Email us at mikesibertradio at gmail.com. The spelling on that, of course, is S-E-I-B-E-R-T. Call into the voicemail hotline at 231-224-MIKE. Once again, that's 231-224-6453. Special thanks to Michael Geisler for our theme music. For more like it, check out ByDoorMusic.com. This has been a Mike Seibert Radio Production.